the sexualized images of women impact society. I do not normally agree with self-appointed media censor Ezekiel Mutua, who gained notoriety recently for banning the film Beziki because of its homosexual content. But I think we should not dismiss his claims that some Kenyan music videos are so crude and offensive that they should not be viewed by the public, especially the youth. Mutua says that videos showing explicit sexual acts promote immorality in society. It is clear that the CEO of the Kenya Film Classification Board is approaching immorality from a purely sexual, dare I say, Christian perspective. As argued in a recent article, Kenyan society is immoral at so many levels that confining immorality to sexuality obscures the many ills that bedevil the country. If we steady our gaze on the nihilism and purposelessness that our young people have been forced by the older generation to inhabit, then their lewd chants and booty shaking becomes less an indictment on their morals and more on our own, she wrote. However, if we shift the debate from morality to women's rights, Mutua's concerns could be valid. His views might be based on his warped sense of what is moral and immoral in society. But by calling for the ban, he inadvertently became a champion for women's rights. Let me explain why. I have stopped watching music videos of Kenyan, Congolese and Black American hip-hop and rap artists because I find them offensive to women. As a woman who has spent a lifetime fighting the notion that women should be judged by the size of their breasts or buttocks, I find the hypersexualization of women and girls in many of these videos to be an assault on womanhood. The skimpy outfits, the suggestive gyrating of the extraordinarily large buttocks, the focus on women's surgically enhanced breasts are all meant to show that women are first and foremost sex objects. In the majority of these music videos, the men are fully clothed. I have yet to see a man dangling his penis in front of the camera, yet women are expected not just to dangle but to wiggle their nude or semi-nude private parts. These videos are a slap in the face of all those women who fought for women's rights and who continue to advocate against pornography, which they view as a form of women's oppression. Many people believe that the anti-pornography movement denies men and women the right to freedom of expression and has prudish and outdated views on sex and sexuality. What they don't recognize is that most anti-pornography activists, such as the inimitable Andrea Dworkin, identify themselves as feminists. They are not against women and men having sex. They are against the debasement of the sexual act and the degradation of women in most porn films. A former porn star who has started a campaign against the porn industry recently told the BBC's Steven Sucker that sex shown in porn movies promotes unhealthy sexual relations between men and women. Some studies have also shown that men and boys who watch a lot of pornography become desensitized to violent sexual acts committed against women. They see women as purely sexual commodities whose main function is to please men. The branding of women's bodies, unfortunately, the commodification and hypersexualization of women and girls has gained a new impetus in this today's money-worshipping world. Memories of slavery and female subjugation have been erased by advertisers, the music industry and the media in general, who use women's bodies, especially black women's bodies, to sell everything from cars to watches. The sexualization and sexual exploitation of black bodies is nothing new. 
Myths about black African men and women's extraordinary sexual prowess was one reason for the enforcement of strict segregation laws in the United States, South Africa, and Kenya. White men feared that white women would not be able to resist black African men, or that black African men were unable to control their sexual urges, unlike white men who were considered to be more cerebral and so would be tempted to rape white women. Yet, black African slave women were routinely raped by their white owners. There was even a belief that black women's bodies were made differently from the white women's bodies and that they could endure more pain. It is therefore sad to see black male musicians perpetuate similar myths in their videos. The sexualization of women is not confined to music videos. In Kenya, some female news anchors and TV hosts act as if they are on a catwalk, with each competing with the other to show off their cleavages and legs. This sexing up and dumbing down of presenters has turned the 9 o'clock news into an indecent show. Radio has not been spared either. Morning shows on some FM stations in Kenya would even make some porn queens blush. As Oyunga Pala noted in an article titled, Slay Queens, Socialites and Sponsors, Sexual Violence in Kenyan Society. This commodification of women can result in sexual or other forms of violence, including murder. It also reinforces the notion that the only thing women have to sell in today's market is their bodies. The message young people hear and see in this eroticism is an investment in itself. To raise one's sexual potency is a privilege and a currency that can be translated into real material benefits, he wrote. The idea that women's bodies can be used to make money for the women themselves has gained more currency in this age of social influencers, who, thanks to the internet and social media, particularly Instagram and YouTube, compete with each other to gain the most followers. Young women are now brands who market themselves. The more hits, likes, shares of followers you get, the more money you make from the platform and the company whose products you display. Social influencing is now considered a respectable career choice, thanks to women like Kim Kardashian, whose empire is built entirely on this concept. An article titled, How to Monetize Yourself Starting Now, published in a recent edition of the Saturday Nation, shows you how one can become a rich social influencer. Among the author's recommendations to become a successful social influencer are, be the talk of the town, which includes being photographed with the right people. Break the internet, which includes posting a daring or provocative photo of yourself on social media and bring on the drama, which means never being too far from the rumor mill and being witnessed by the biggest gossip in town. All these attention-seeking behaviors are then supposed to translate into money in the bank. Some Kenyan politicians have also bought into this notion that scandals will earn them notoriety as illustrated by the sex videos posted by politicians or their sexual partners. The current president of the United States, Donald Trump, has not lost his job for his pussy-grabbing and making pejorative remarks about women, the disabled, and minorities. That is how crude politics in today's world has become. Modern-day Hotentot Venasas Dede Hunt an African-American woman recently put out a video that decried the Batmanization of black women in music videos and on the internet. She wondered why African-American rappers constantly referred to black women as hoes and bitches 
and why they used titillating images of black women's breasts and buttocks in their videos. Is this what slavery had done to a people, she wondered, where former slaves humiliate their own, all in the name of record sales? The beauty industry on its part popularized the baby doll look that infantilized women who were never expected to age gracefully. In her book, Backlash, Susan Faludi chronicles the demise of the feminist movement and how the beauty industry helped fuel what she calls the undeclared war against women. In societies where women are valued mainly for their bodies, women will go to extraordinary lengths to make their bodies attractive to the men who decide what is attractive and what it is not. This has spawned entire industries where women will self-mutilate through, for example, skin bleaching creams, tummy tucks, and vaginal tightening procedures in order to achieve a standard of beauty prescribed by the male-dominated culture. This, says Faludi, has had a devastating impact on women's health and self-esteem. Women and young girls with low self-esteem become easy prey for predators. The impact on their physical health can be deadly. Anti-wrinkle creams expose users to cancer-causing agents. Silicone breast implants leave painful deformities. Liposuction causes infections and harmful eating disorders among girls and young women escalate. Feminist in this post-feminist world has also become a dirty word and women who led the women's movement are now relegated to the pages of history. Some like Donald Trump and his ilk, have even suggested that such women become feminists either because they are ugly or so have a grudge against beautiful women or because they are lesbians and so do not like men. Meanwhile, the rape of women and girls has reached epidemic proportions around the world, with rape being cited as the most common form of sexual violence among college students in the United States. In other countries such as India, the Bollywood movie industry has stopped producing serious films on women issues, instead films are rated for their sex appeal. Item numbers, song and dance routines focused on titillating male audiences are now de rigueur in Bollywood blockbusters. Meanwhile, incidences of rape have increased in cities such as New Delhi, which has been dubbed the rape capital of India. The backlash against women has entered a critical stage. Women must fight back and remain vigilant.